The Gender Agenda, trans, non-binary, and gender non-conforming radio on Joy 94.9. You're back in the studio. Miranda's here with Rebecca Rowan. We have Anastasia sitting in the background as well. Joining us two weeks in a row. She loves it here. She does love it here. She's part of our family now. But uh, we also have another very special guest with us. She has been on our must-have hit list since we started the show. And now the gender-transcendent diva themselves is in our studio to plug their Fringe Festival production, Trans Magic. Mama Alto, thank you so much for joining us on the Gender Agenda. Thank you for having me. It's great to finally be here. Oh, absolutely. We've been playing email tag for a while now. Yes, email tennis, I like to call it. We have been, yeah. It's been fun, hasn't it, Mama? (laughs) It's hard. It's hard to be a busy diva. I'm sure several of you understand. I know Anastasia understands. (laughs) It's hard to be a busy diva. And uh, and now email tennis. The score is now one love. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, confession time. I had my Mama Alto cherry popped a couple of months ago when I sat in the second row of Queering the Pitch at Hairs and Hyena. And there you showcased a number of amazing queer, trans, and non-binary talent, is this a taste of what's to come in trans magic? It definitely is. It definitely is. The The idea behind Queering the Pitch was a bit broader. It was um, to encapsulate the ideas of queer community in general. Um, and that was put together with Hairs and Hyenas and myself and Mix Monroe, who, another wonderful non-binary singer who um, we curated that as part of the Leaps and Bounds City of Yarra Music Festival to highlight queer talent and queer excellence. But Trans Magic, the brief, is even more specific. So Trans Magic is a gala showcase concert night at the Melbourne Fringe Hub. It's co-presented and co-produced by myself, Mix Munro, Theodore Murray and Melbourne Fringe. And it's specifically to highlight trans excellence, gender diverse excellence, um, to highlight the incredible talents and strengths and beauties and powers and joys um, and a mix of the tragedy with the triumph, the sorrow with the empowerment um, of our communities. And uh, I think mix is the uh, emphatic word there as well. Yeah, mix Munro. Oh, yeah. mix of talents or yeah. mix as in mix Munro. Both. That's, that's the point. I, I had this <laughs> fabulous experience many years ago where I got to meet um, Justin Vivian Bond And Justin Vivian Bond is an amazing queer elder, trans elder of the New York cabaret club scene, uh, who was one of the individuals who first pioneered um, the widespread mainstream use of mix as a, as a, as a, um, it's not a pronoun. What do you call that? A title, a prefix, prefix. an honorific, a, uh, you know, as as a gendered uh, prefix in front instead of Mr. or Mrs. or Ms. or you know, your majesty or whatever, uh, for those listeners who aren't clued in yet on what we're talking about. <laughs> but it was a, it was a gender non-specific, gender non-binary or agendered um, term that could be used instead of Mr. or Mrs. or Ms. or Miss. And uh, Justin Vivian Bond, amazing. Justin Vivian Bond would hate to hear me call, call V, which is, which is uh, Justin's pronoun, uh, a queer elder, <laughs> but they are slightly older than I, shall I say. But they pioneered um, over the last three decades the use of, of mix, and that was a great experience to and be able to meet and talk 
talk to Justin about that. And it's such a rich, emphatic, honorific as well. So It is. Yeah. I love that. Uh, speaking of the talent um, that was showcased at Queering the Pitch and what's coming up with Trans Magic, um, I also saw at Queering the Pitch the lovely non-binary, how do you pronounce that, Chantos? Chantus. Chantus. Mixed I'm probably mon- saying it wrong as well. I'm not very good at French. <laughs> Chantus. Chantus. But uh, Mix Monroe was a yes. part of Queering the Pitch and will be will be actually co-presenting. Yes. At yeah. Trans Magic. Uh, they're your, you're their mentor. I am. I am. It's, it's kind of been an informal mentorship relationship where... Uh, when they first saw me perform, they it was a little bit of an all about Eve situation. I like to joke like that classic. I film. love that film. <laughs> and I thought, oh my goodness, is this person you know going to murder me in my sleep and replace me as as a gender transcendent diva? Um, because it, you know, they saw me perform and they were like, that's what I want to be. And then I thought, you know, I thought, no. When I think about some of my artistic heroes, um, you know, people like. Billie Holiday mentored people like Sarah Vaughan and Carmen McRae and people like Carmen McRae mentored people like like Bridget Allen and people like Lorraine Hansberry mentored Nina Simone and people like Klaus Nomi mentored Joey Arias and and it's actually it's possible for all of the divas to coexist it's a constellation of stars uh, not a single sun so I suddenly thought oh my goodness you know this person loves my work and wants to be like me and I am now in the unique position as someone who's beginning to establish themselves in the queer art scene and in the mainstream art scene, and hopefully bridging the gap between those two scenes, mm. that I'm in this unique position where I have a platform now that I can help others um, join me and reach those artistic, creative and community goals. Uh, I, I must say, like, you must be doing a great job as a mentor because when I saw Mix Monroe performing... Um, they performed Jessica Rabbit's song from um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and I was there in the second row for that with my girlfriend, and that was that. A lot of bo- people blushed. A lot of people were blushing and oh, fanning themselves. Yeah, we, we had very strong feelings. Let's say <laughs> we were we were shifting uncomfortably in our chairs. <laughs> yes, they they are just excellent. They're an excellent artist. I'm really excited for the 2018 remake of All About Eve, in which you are Betty Davis. <laughs> It's about time that we had yeah. a remake with the that, trans that remake, centered yeah. brown trans people. Mm. That's, I think all movies should have remakes starring brown trans people, but I, I might be biased. Maybe, well, I don't know, like I'm a white trans person and I'm totally down with that. <laughs> yeah. Same here, same here. So, Mama, other than um, Mix Monroe, um, who else will we be featuring at uh, part of Trans Magic? And it is a huge lineup. Yeah. It is a huge lineup. Uh, if I had had my way, it would be an even larger lineup. But people's schedules and the fact that we only have 90 minutes yeah. uh, meant that it couldn't be the expansive group of 60 people who I had on my wish list of amazing trans and gender diverse and non-gendered talents. But we're including in our mix, we have people in our lineup. We have people like Creatrix Tiara, yep. who has just done who has just done their show, Queer Lady Magician, as part of the Fringe. I had the pleasure of uh, going to see that show on Saturday, actually. It was quite remarkable. It, it was. was quite remarkable. I had feelings as well. So yeah. I'm so having much, lots of feelings. So many um, issues of identity tied in with ideas of storytelling and magic, mm. which I loved. We have, oh gosh, it's, it's so many people. We have, we have amazing artworks from, from, a, from a non-binary trans artist called Liam. We have the amazing talent of Weird Alice, 
who is going to come along and do some amazing binary busting performances. Um, Weird Alice, who some of you might know from from the Taint performances in the House of Bellagio non-binary queer art collective performances. Mm-hmm. We have Fury, one of the most amazing uh, gender diverse poets in this country right now. We have Jess McCurley, whose um, whose fringe and midsummer piece Gender Spanner over the last two years has travelled the world talking about how gender can be reconfigured and how gender is actually a personal relationship with yourself, yeah. not with the world. We have uh, Nikki Spunde, the amazing comedian and storyteller. Um, she's going to come along and do some heartfelt comedy. Um, and that actually has amazed me thinking about Nikki and her work because everyone was raving about Hannah Gadsby's show and how it was revolutionary because it put the emotions and the mm. storytelling and and the tragedy and the pathos back into comedy. And I thought, Nikki has been doing this for years. Yeah, queer storytelling has <laughs> been its own subgenre for such a long time. And I'm sure Hannah also has been doing it for years. It's just the yeah. world took ages to notice and they're like, this is a brand new thing. And I was yeah. thinking, this is what we do every week down in our little niche queer underground venues. And queer people are such, I'm sure you agree, Mama, that queer people are such fantastic storytellers because we end up having to come out over and over again and so we end up telling yeah. these stories. So we're, we're rehearsed. And we're, we have a strong relationship with stories from the outset because stories are actually the ways in which we mediate and construct and understand our own and each other's identities. And because queer people are forced in a society that that others, queerness, we're forced to self-examine our identities, Mm. to understand our identities, to understand our commonalities and our collective identities. So storytelling comes very naturally to queer people. Speaking of queer storytellers, Nevo Zasin, the amazing author of Finding Nevo, is in our lineup reading a brand new piece that they have written especially for the night called Gender Whisperers. So just to clarify, you have 90 minutes to cover all of this. We d- and I'm halfway through. <laughs> wow. So we also oh have... It's going to be incredible. We also have provocative cabaret um, cabaret burlesque stars Glitter Fist and Six Inches Uncut. We have comedian Hannah Abuthnot. We <laughs> have... Um, I'm, just, I'm just Glitter Fist. <laughs> yes. We have, um, we have storyteller Iris Lee. We have ritualist Alexand. We have burlesque artist Commander Q. We have Sydney-based playwright Charles O'Grady, who has uh, just finished an amazing season at the King's Cross Theatre earlier this mm. year, um, is coming down to, to do a piece. And, and they're, in fact, relocated to Melbourne. Mm. I like to say especially for this night... But actually, they've just relocated in general. <laughs> but this will be their Melbourne debut performance. So I'm very excited that about good. that. So it, it's a massive lineup. It's um, huge. And it's if I had my way, it would be even more people. Yeah. And, and variety is the key because it's actually it's highlighting not only the excellence of the trans and gender diverse mm. community, but the enormous diversity within it. Yeah. Um, especially for mainstream arts consumers and media consumers, they will often think of trans excellence. Of, of fitting a certain model. Trans mm. excellence is Laverne Cox. Trans excellence is Janet Mock. Trans excellence is, God forbid, Caitlyn Jenner. Um, and these are the popular ideas mm. of what trans excellence looks like. And actually, I, and I use this term a lot, trans excellence, um, and it comes from... From my own um, political understandings of the world in my identity as, as a person of colour, we talk a lot about POC excellence um, and about black excellence and about how people um, who achieve these platforms can become role models, not just for our community to show us our worth, that our inherent worth 
that society hides from us and denies to us, but also role models that show society that society is wrong about us. Does it also tie into excellence outside the realm of um, conservative respectability? It does. It does. So ideas of POC excellence, and which we now start to see ideas of trans excellence embodied, especially in people like Laverne Cox and Janet Mock, um, and and others, it's it's spreading throughout all of media and art forms and genres. The idea is that the source of our excellence comes not from trying to live up to or assimilate into restrictive ideas that society places upon us. Our excellence comes from inhabiting fully and living fully our own authentic identities, our own idiosyncratic stories our own power and beauty in whatever form it takes inside us, regardless of whether it is what society traditionally holds as beautiful or powerful or excellent or genius. Well, the the queer community has always had its own idea of what beauty is. That's completely separate from mainstream. And if anything, it's mainstream people that are starting to be like, oh, maybe you guys are like kind of cool. And we're like, "We we were beautiful and interesting the whole time you just didn't know i would take it a step further and i would say that there's a cultural process by which society others people and places them at the margins based on restrictive normative ideas of identity so people who are not straight people who are not cis people who are not male people who are not white people who are not upper middle class people who are not able-bodied will be put at the edges of a society not in the centre, they'll be pushed to the margins. Once we arrive at the margins, we create our own centres, our own cultures, our own ideas of beauty and art and excellence. And they are so undeniably good that the centre reappropriates them. We see it happen with queer culture. We see it happen with POC culture. We see it happen with every marginalised culture, with working class culture, with every marginalised culture, several of which intersect often intersecting within the same physical body, such as myself, and I'm sure several of us in this room. Mm. And, um, and the centre reappropriates that culture because it's so undeniably excellent that it has limitless appeal and limitless uh, potential for commercial exploitation, might I add. They put it back at the centre of the culture. It becomes the culture. And then we are forced back to the edges And the process starts again, where we remodel new ideas of art and excellence and expression and self-expression, authenticity, honesty, tenderness, love. And then our ideas are always reappropriated back into the center. Mm. The reappropriation is always so cherry-picked that it removes all context. Yes. It's so... It destroys, like, the actual beginning idea. But I also want, like, you've boasted all these talents, like, all these people that you've brought together... Is that why they call you Mama? Like, where did that name come from? Yes. The name originally came from... It was partly a cruel nickname and partly a good one in high school, in my high school choir. Because I'm clucky like a mother hen. um, Because I always... Wherever I go, I end up with a whole brood of... People following you. Of chicks, you know, of... Of... Of hatchlings, of, of, of... And... But also partly because I'm, I can be very bossy like a mother. And so a lot of people end up saying, yes, mom, to me. Are you warm enough? Do you need another jacket? 
Also, I would always bring extra lunch. Our choir rehearsals were at lunchtime, meaning most of the kids would miss out on lunch. So I would bring extra lunch and feed people at choir rehearsal. Oh my God, where were you when I was in high school? <laughs> and then it transformed from mum to mama because a lot of the kids in the choir were like, oh, you sing like an old time jazz mama, you know? So it transformed from mum to mama and alto because I was one of the lead singers in the alto section. But for some people, particularly the boys, particularly the straight jock boys who were forced to take choir so that they could pass the music course, in a very kind of Sister Act 2 type situation, I realised, <laughs> now that I describe it out loud, they often used Mama and Alto as kind of cruel nicknames. And I just thought, you know, I'm going to own it. I mean, if I ever become someone, that's going to be my stage name. And they all laughed. And, and now I am kind of on my way to being someone, and it is my stage name, um, which I quite like. It's it's a little microcosm of the reclamation process that is so central to queer existence. And then the name stuck because people started saying, referring to me as Mama, and because of this strange situation, which I think actually is a weird, it's like a positive identity essentialism, mm. where as a queer femme of colour, you often take on that nurturing motherhood role. But I, it's, I feel like it is actually one that I'm quite good at, so I'm quite happy to bear that mantle. And it's about making sure you stay as a mama and never as a mammy. That's what I think is key to it as well. Well, we call you mama with all the reverence in the world. <laughs> uh, our last question is, where can folks find out more info about trans magic? Well, um, my website, mamaalto.com, or my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash mamaalto, um, and all the information is available there. And, of course, all the information specific to that show is on melbournefringe.com.au. And, uh, but it's also useful to keep tabs on my social media because I feel like at the moment I'm quite prolific. There are, there are three or four different performances every week for the rest of the year oh, that gosh. you can come along you to. Busy. <laughs> you Very busy. everywhere. And we will be posting links on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash genderagendajoy. You can check out Mama Alto as part of Melbourne Fringe. And come along on Tuesday, Tuesday next week, Fringe Hub. We've got a special um, deal where if you turn up, if you're a member of the trans and gender diverse community, you have a heavily discounted subsidised ticket. Mm. There we go. Trans people supporting trans people. You heard it here. Mama Alto, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Joy 94.9 has a huge range of programs available for podcast. In fact, Joy is one of the largest podcasting communities on community radio. If you haven't checked out our podcasting service, you're missing out. Visit joy.org.au, click on the podcast tab and you'll find a list of Joy programs regularly sharing the best interviews, news and reviews. There's tens of thousands of hours for you to enjoy, so check it out now. joy.org.au